Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says there's righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. In the Holy Ghost. We can find that in Him. Amen. As we were speaking this morning, we can find that in Him. Hallelujah. So thankful for everyone that is here. Amen. Here this evening. I understand we got some family here of like Sister Ron McGee, Sister Sharon. We got family here. Is that right? Y'all's family? No. It didn't come. Okay. Bless God, I wish they did. <laughs> Amen. But we got other people here. So glad to have our guests with us tonight in the house of the Lord. Appreciate it. I was, uh, I was assuming because we had pre-service prayer back there and some said that they would come that you all were a part of them. But uh, let me tell you something. You still be a part of our family any day. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We always got room, amen, at the table for you. And there's definitely room at the cross for us all. Hallelujah. I'm going to be turning to the book of Numbers, chapter 31. Numbers, chapter 31. Glad to have everybody. Glad to have my, my in-laws with me tonight. Amen. From, from Tennessee, uh, members of the First Apostolic Church of Maryville, Tennessee, pastored by Brother Kenneth Carpenter. So glad to have them, both instrumental there in the church there. My mother-in-law still, st- still gets those fingers rolling on an old organ at the church there. And, and uh, Brother Anthony, he is, he is uh, secret service at the Carpenters and uh, plays in his role as an usher and does a fabulous job and uh, we love and appreciate them and love and appreciate their pastor and church family amen wholeheartedly amen appreciate uh, what my mother in particular mother-in-law that is instilled in her daughter amen because she uh, generated something there that I could marry now going on about 19 years ago and so I'm so thankful for that amen you need to thank God whenever you find your mate. You need to thank their parents. You say, well, they didn't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Number one, they brought them into the world. <laughs> and there, there are probably some bits and pieces of themselves in the life of that individual to some degree. Amen. And so we appreciate. Amen. Then tonight, Numbers 31. And I want to begin reading with verse number 21. I'd like to be able to say that this is a familiar passage, but it's not necessarily. I believe, I, I hope that someday you just get, you go turn anywhere in the Bible and say it's a familiar passage. But this isn't, let me just say it's not just one that we just, you don't hear spoken of or talked about as much as other passages. Perhaps that would be the better way uh, to come across. Verse number 21, the Bible says, And Eleazar the priest said unto the men of war which went to battle, This is the ordinance of the law 
which the Lord commanded Moses. Only the gold and the silver, the brass, the iron, the tin, and the lead. Everything that may abide the fire, you shall make it go through the fire. And it shall be clean. Nevertheless, it shall be purified with the water of separation. And all that abideth not the fire shall make go, ye shall make go through the water. And ye shall wash your clothes on the seventh day, and ye shall be clean. And afterward ye shall come into the camp. The phrase there in verse 23 says, Everything that, that, that may abide the fire, ye shall make it go through the fire. Several now days, probably even weeks now ago, that grabbed my attention. And I would like to minister this tonight. Made for the fire. Made for the fire. We need heaven to help us here in the next little while. Father, I come to you tonight. God, I'm grateful, Lord Jesus, to be in your house. God, it is a great honor. It's a great honor, Lord Jesus, to be in your house here this evening. I don't want to ever count it, Lord Jesus. God, it's just, Lord, so common, God, in second nature that I lose my gratitude. I pray, oh, Lord, here this evening that you're able to speak to us, God, through your word. I pray, oh God, open up my mind and my understanding to be able to be clear, Lord, in thought. Be clear, Lord Jesus, in conveying. God, your people would be clear, Lord, in understanding. God, and will not fail, Lord, to thank you and praise you, God, for what you accomplished, Father, in this place. We'll love you and thank you for it. The lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. The church say amen. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name here this evening. Numbers, the book of Numbers, it has its own, each, each book has its own, its own theme, its uh, own flavor, if you will, that sets it aside and apart from other books of the Bible. Numbers in particular, of course, you'll find therein that it is filled with just that, a lot of numbering. I think at least twice that uh, the children of Israel were uh, some type of census that was taken concerning the children of Israel in the book of numbers where you see the enumerating of offerings and sacrifices and animals and such to be offered numbers is also peculiar in that it was written in the final years of Moses's life it is prior to the sun setting upon his life that this book is written uh, and it's just a, a closure if you will some of those last thoughts and ideas of Moses's life and one of the things that the Lord had asked of Moses and, and commanded him is that he would go with an army from Israel and that he would avenge the Lord, avenge the children of Israel, of the Midianites. To understand the reason why, and they're, they're, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here because I don't think it's the very thrust of what we're trying to convey here tonight, but the reason why he would have them do that is because during the time in which a man by the name of Balaam, some may know because they remember his donkey talking, uh, that Balaam was uh, given the assignment uh, by some to curse the Israelites and he would give the plea, whatever the Lord speaks to me, that is what I'll say and that's what I must speak. And each time it seemed as though he would try to curse the children of God, he came forth as blessing the children of God. It was during this time that, uh, that, that, that Balaam seemed to influence the Midianites. More importantly, influence the Midianite women. That they would be uh, seducers, if you will, to the children of Israel. 
that they would be seducers to the men there and that there would be an intermixing, if you will, of the Midianites and the Israelites. And with that intermixing, there would be the Israelites then finding themselves eating of meat offered to idols, of serving gods that was not the true God of Israel. And that was seemingly always the case whenever there was this mixing and muddling, if you will, of the tribes. Uh, it wasn't so much a race or a nationality thing as much as it was a, a, a changing, if you will, of what God they were going to serve by virtue of doing these things. And so since Balaam kind of set them up as being seducers for the children of Israel, uh, we understand then that there were Israelite men that were taking uh, Midianite women and they were having relations with them and they were beginning, their hearts were beginning to turn from the Lord. And the Lord had not soon forgotten all of that. You know, God's, God's judgment might, might, might grind slow and easy, but it will come full circle eventually. And so he had not forgotten all of that. And so prior to some of the warriors go in, and I want you to do a slaughtering and do war against the Midianites for this thing that they had done to us so long ago. Because the Bible says in that moment a, a plague had broken out whenever all of this was taking place. And, and that, that came to a closure, but God still felt like there needed to be something done in this moment. And so Moses did just that. The Bible says that he took some men in order to form this army. He took a thousand men of each tribe of, of the children of Israel, which would relate to about 12,000, since there was 12 tribes, 12,000 people to go to war against the Midianites. He had a whole lot more at his access, accessible to him, but he only took 12,000. They went in there, they fought. They killed every male. They killed everything that they could kill. However, they saved the women and they saved the children and they saved some of the spoils of war, the gold and the silver and the lead and the tin and some of the beasts of the field, the cattle, these different things that they saved. And the Bible says that when they came back that Moses spoke to them and, and the Lord was just a little bit upset because they had slaughtered all the men, but they did not slaughter the women who had already had relationship with men. And the reason why the Lord was upset at this is because some of them could have been the very ones that had led some of the children of Israel into their sin. Because they had had former relations, they, they were not virgins, they could have been some of the very ones that had led Israel to sin. So he says, you got to slay all of the women that have had relations, all of the males that are even children. But any woman that has not had relations, you may spare them. And so all of this war has taken place, they go on and do that, they take care of business. And so now they're coming back to camp. They're coming back with the cattle. You can only imagine all these cattle and all of this livestock, that portions of it, they're going to devote unto the Lord. Coming back with gold and silver and different vessels of, of different metals that they are bringing to the house of God. But you couldn't just re-enter into the Israelite camp without going through a means of purification. I mean, you've been to war. There's been bloodshed, blood on your hand and on your feet. The Bible says that even uh, uh, Phoenix, I believe it was, the son of Eleazar went to battle and he took some of the holy things. And so all these things have been exposed, if you will, to warfare. They've been exposed to, to the Midianites in the eyes of God and the eyes of the people was a very ruthless and very tainted and defiled people. They've been around all of that. And the Old Testament always told us that whenever you are around defiled things, you're more likely to contract the defilement than you are to just give the cleanliness of yourself to it. 
And so, so they're all coming back to the, 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 the camp of the Israelites. And so they can't just assume their role. Even the men that went to war, they can't even just be reintroduced into their families without some means of purification. They couldn't take these animals among their animals without some means of purification. All the instruments of gold and silver, they could not come without some means of purification. And so he started to lay down the prescription, if you will, of how all these things that once we're here or that never been here can be purified in such a way to be in the tribe of Israel. He told the men on such and such days for so long, on such and such days, you're going to wash yourself with the waters of purification. The waters of purification, which were nothing more but waters that were sprinkled with the, the, the ashes of a heifer that we read also in Scripture. You're going to be washed with the waters of purification. Your clothes, your garments that are made of different skins, they're going to be washed with the waters of purification. Uh, anything that is wooden, he even speaks to them. You're going to wash all of this with the waters of purification. Goat skins, wood, all these things, they're going to be washed, purified with purpose and with intent. But then he speaks to them. He says, but this is the ordinance of the law. This is what the law says. This, this is not a man's prescription. This is not a group of people together having a committee and voting on this. This is what the law prescribes. The law prescribes that only the gold and the silver and the brass and the iron and the tin and all of these things such as lead. He said, everything that abideth the fire shall ye make go through the fire. In other words, he's saying you, you can't take your goat skin that you wore out in battle. You can't take it and you can't take it and put it in the fire for purification because the fire will consume the goat skin. He said so in order for its purification, it's got to go through the water. It wouldn't make good sense to put the goat skin in the fire. He says if you got any instrument of wood that you had, you, you can't take that instrument of wood and place it in the fire because again, the fire would consume the instrument. He says anything of these measures of fabric or of wood or that can be consumed by fire, you can't make it go through the fire because it would be consumed. All of that's got to go through waters of purification. He said, but if it is something that can endure the fire, if it's something that you deem that cannot be consumed by the fire, he said, then through the fire, it must go. Someone say amen. Through the fire, it must go. Folks, and I started thinking about this. this. These instruments that they were bringing and putting in the fire, these were not instruments that were being made into something. These were already vessels. All right, These were already vessels. We're not talking about a fire, a purification to melt down and smelt down uh, the gold or the silver or the tin or the lead for the purpose of casting it and making it a vessel. These were already vessels of wood or vessels of gold and vessels of silver and vessels of lead. What I'm saying is this. These vessels had already somewhere in their past endured had suffered, had experienced some measure of fire. Now, I, I don't have a degree in this, but I did do just a little looking into it. 
this concept of smelting metals and getting metals from the earth. And from my understanding, you can find, if, if there's places out there that you can find gold in its native state and silver, and you can find copper and iron and tin and lead in their native state. But there's other times whenever you go to get an ore of gold or an ore in its just, just roughest state from the earth, many times it's not in its purest state. And as a result, back in these times, their greatest way to get silver from gold or gold from silver and iron to separate, if you will, the alloys and the mixing and modeling of these, of these metals was to put them in the fire. All right? Today we have all kinds of different little neat things we can do. We can add oxygen, take away oxygen, and the process, it leaves a metal, amen, from another. And all of that's great. But we're talking about in the book of Numbers, okay? They had to go through the fire. If you wanted a vessel of gold that was separate from all of its parts, amen, it had to go through the fire. And then if you wanted that gold to be as pure as the gold could be, you had to keep it in the fire. Now, whenever I understand this, just, just, just bear with me here a little bit. I looked up the melting points of some of these, some of these metals. And from my understanding, uh, Google told me that at 449 degrees and a half, 10 begins to melt. Lead begins to melt at 621.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Brass begins to melt anywhere between 1650 to 1720 Fahrenheit. Silver begins to melt between 1000 at 1763 degree Fahrenheit. Gold begins to melt at 1948 degree Fahrenheit. Iron begins to melt at 2000 800 degree Fahrenheit. Everybody with me? So what I'm saying is this. If you wanted tin, you had to get the fire hot enough till tin metal as rock started to melt. And since it was the lowest, you could get tin before you got anything else. But in order to get some lead, you're going to have to turn up the heat a little bit. To about 621 degrees. If you turn up there, lead's going to start to melt. After you've already poured off the tin, lead's going to start to melt, but it's not quite hot enough for brass. So you can get the lead. You understand what I'm talking about? What I'm saying is, if you wanted silver, you're going to have to turn up the heat. If you was going for gold, you're going to have to turn up the heat in order to get gold. So the, whenever we consider gold is so precious, not just maybe because this is obscurity in the earth, but it's also precious because it has the ability of endurance. It's very pliable. It's very malleable. Amen. It, it, it can endure a lot of things. It has to go through even a lot of heat. Amen. In order to even extract gold in that day. Amen. Through the process of a fire. And even through further firing, it could become pure and pure. And the dross could be taken off. And the impurities taken off. Amen. And then you could make you a vessel. Cast it how you will and make you a vessel but I'm not talking about the purifying process for these things because these things are already in existence I am talking about vessels that have already been through the fire and the law of the ordinance says you only put in the fire what you think can make it through the fire I've come on this Sunday evening 
to speak to a group of people that at times in your spiritual walk with the Lord, you have questioned circumstances and you have questioned trial and you have questioned headache and you have questioned all the animosity, if you will, that has happened in homes and families. You have questioned diagnosis. You have questioned the lack of financial straits that you've been in. You've wondered, God, why in the world am I going through all of this? Why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? I come to tell somebody in this house tonight that God is not trying to destroy you. God is not trying to take you off the face of the earth but he knows already in your past you've experienced the fire and you would not be in the fire if he didn't think you could make it out of the He says, because what I'm dealing with here tonight is not something made of wood. I'm not dealing with something made of clay. I'm not dealing with something that is fragile. But I forged those people. I created those people. I made those people. I had my dial on the thermostat when I created them as vessels unto honor. And I am confident of this. The only reason why they're in the fire is because I'm confident they can make it in the fire. Someone say glory. Hallelujah. Because you didn't put anything in the fire that couldn't come out on the other side. You didn't put anything in the fire that was going to be consumed by it. He says you only put what it goes in the fire is what can abide. Someone say amen. What can abide the fire? See God, God, knew what he was dealing with whenever he was dealing with his children. And I know we're, this is mid, things coming from the Midianites, but that isn't so much the thrust tonight as though these are vessels that were already created, already formed. That's where the thrust is. These are vessels that are all created, already formed, and they could go be put in the fire because they had already had fire in their past. They had been created, if you will, by fire. The Bible says, we love these verses. We quote them. We preach them. We rally around them. The Lord is speaking to his children Israel. He's speaking to that nation that no doubt had their times of affliction, had their times of turmoil, had their times, if you will, whenever their, their shoulder was against the grinding stone, wondering if any of their efforts, amen, was going anywhere. And he reads and he gives us in Isaiah 43 and verse number one, these words. He says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. He's talking to his people. He said, fear not, for I have what? I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. He said, when thou passest through the waters... See, things that went through the fire didn't go through the fire only. He says, but when they get done in the fire, they'll go to the water. But if they can't go through the fire, they just go straight to the water. But if they go through the fire, they go through the water. He says, listen. He said, whenever thou passest through the waters, he said, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God, what are you talking? These are your children. These are precious in your sight. 
life. These are those that you call yours. And you're saying you're going to take them through the water and through the fire? Yes. How in the world can you do that, God? Because I know them. Hold on now. He said, I told them I redeemed them. Where did he redeem them from? Our minds go back to Egypt. Our minds go to the flesh pots of Egypt. The hard taskmasters, the rigor of labor, all of these things back in Egypt. And if you'll read your Bible in the Old Testament, God oftentimes refers to Egypt as the iron, the furnace of iron. Out of all those metals I mentioned you tonight, iron has the highest melting point. God says, I know what I'm talking about when I say I can bring you through the fire because you were forged in a flame of the highest. Honey, we're not wimps around here. We're not wimps around here. When God created you by his spirit and by his power, he forged you in the hottest flame. He forged you in the greatest intensity of heat because he knew someday he would be able to confidently put you in the fire and not be consumed. gold's valuable. I agree. Silver, I agree. Many of these metals in comparison to wood or goat hair. I agree. Valuable. If that's the case, if that's the sense, then undoubtedly the valuable must be tried by the fire simply because the valuable can withstand the fire. The precious can withstand the fire. writer said Second Timothy 2 20 he said in a great house speaking of the house of the Lord he, he just finished up the verse saying but the foundation of the Lord standeth sure having this seal the Lord knoweth them that are his right he's making reference to the church making reference to this institution of the body of believers the foundation of God standeth sure he knows those that are his those that are not his he knows it and then he says but in a great house Speaking of the same institution, the same gathering of believers, he says there, there are vessels of gold and vessels of silver, but there's some that are also of wood and of earth. There are some of honor and some to dishonor. He says, therefore, if we, if we therefore purge himself from these, we shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified in meat for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. I'm looking out at some very precious vessels here tonight. And I've seen many of you in your time of being in the crucible of the fire. And many times our question of why is, what have I done, God? Right? Huh. Trout family, how many times has it just maybe just landed on your mind just a little bit? What did I do to grant this? Right? You know, because bad things only happen to bad people. That's the assumption. 
And again, Brother Zach, in God's kingdom, he flips all this upside down. So it's not just that bad things happen to bad people. But fire happens to people that I know can come through the fire. Mm-hmm. And so the next time that knocks on your door and you feel the intensity of the heat and it goes, it goes beyond that 600 degree mark, God must, not, God must have something for you. Because here, think about it. The intensity of the heat is directly proportional to the mantle. Even if a vessel was made of tin, it would not be able to withstand keeping its form at a higher temperature. You understand me? It would once again melt into a pool of metal. So if you feel like, man, it's bumping up a few more degrees, that must be that you're not tin. You're not lead. You're not brass. Oh, someone say amen. amen. How, how do I see this related in the scripture? I believe I see it. And I know this is a good old little story. Amen for Bible class. But let's just go there just one more time, if you will, for the sake of it. I say Sadrach, you say. Y'all good. What's the last one? A bungalow, that's right. Them, along with Daniel, taken into Babylonian captivity. When are these were, were born in their infancy, in their stages of growth, you can read the history in the scripture. Daniel and these three were born during the time of reformation concerning their country. Joash was bringing things back into order. Revival was taking place. Got reacquainted with the law, putting things where they needed to be. That's what they were forged in, in their formative years. A time of revival. They're now taken from their homeland to Babylonian captivity. This particular story highlights the three of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And King Nebuchadnezzar has made himself a nice goat and idol. Reached to the heights. Had called a gathering together the people of Babylon that whenever you hear the music play, the sackbut, I always remember that one because that's a peculiar instrument. <laughs> And the psaltery and such. Whenever you hear this, you bow down and you worship the idol. And it's these three Hebrew boys, as we call them, that as everybody else is bowing, they're standing erect. They're not bowing. They're not bending. They come out to them and they bring attention to the king that when the music was played, O king, these three, these three did not do this. And you know the decree that you have given that anybody that doesn't do this, they are going to be thrown into the fiery. Furnace. King comes out to have a little powwow with the boys. Guys, did we not say such and such? We're going to give you another opportunity here. When the music plays, if you'll just bow as this is done, everything will be okay. But if not, we're firing up the fire seven times. Now listen to me. Listen to me. This is my understanding. Maybe, Brother Fred, some of these firemen have, 
have, have better information than me. But from what I could glean, most, most cooking fires normally do not get any harder than 1,300 degrees Fahrenheit. Just normal camp cooking, cooking fires. And in, in, in that day, in that day, since you couldn't just naturally attain some of these temperatures, in that day, in order for the fire to get hard, hotter, the fire had to be forced to get hard, hotter. Many times they had to use billows and introduce oxygen somehow in order for that to get hard, hotter than just a normal burning fire. And he said, we're going to make this seven times harder. The boys did not bow. They did not bend. And before they find themselves, they find themselves bound hand and foot and thrown into a fire that's seven times hotter. In so much that the scripture describes that the men that put them in even lost their lives. They must not have been made what those boys were made of. Can I preach someone tonight that a good indication that you're going to make it is when you look over your shoulder and the very thing that threw you in was consumed by the very place they were put. When the ones who are throwing you in can't make it and you're still standing after a minute, you know without a doubt you've been made for this. You've been made for the... I've been created for this. Before they go in, they're showing confidence in their God. They said, true, O king, our Lord, he's able, he's able to deliver us. But if not, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. He, they were, look how much confidence that they were placing upon their God. He is able to do this. But in the same token, they were showing their confidence in God by saying he's able to deliver. God was showing his confidence in them by putting them in the situation. Because he said, I don't put anything in the fire. It's a law and ordinance. I don't put anything in the fire that cannot abide the fire. Somebody needs to stand in this house because you were made for what you're going through. You were made for your dilemma. You were made for your circumstance. You are abiders and made for the fire. Come on, someone clap their hands just a little longer right now. Someone clap their hands a little longer. Yes! Yes! See what the adversary doesn't understand. What those on the opposite side of the tracks of being a child of God don't understand. We read that in the scripture, the Bible speaks many times, and they had to go through the fire, they had to go through the fire, they had to go through the fire, they had to go through the fire. Well, most times going through the fire was the end of the story. After they got in the fire, they're dead. Listen to me. Because what happened most times, what people who were serving such as the gods of Melech, the one that had the, the belly of fire, that they would take their children 
an offering to the God of Molech. The Bible many times would say in those moments, they made them go through the fire. But God, and the, the way the system outside of God's system works is this. Anything that is made to go through the fire was for the intent of devouring them. But see, that's where they take their concept of what the purpose of the fire is for in their world. And they try to play the, apply the same principle and concept to God's world. In their world, they send them to the fire for destruction. And so they think we'll take the same principle and apply it to God's people. We'll send them to the fire and we'll destroy them. But God has a different economy. His fire isn't there to destroy you. His fire is there to define you. Gold, silver. Brass, precious, valuable. I'm feeling a shouting spirit come on me right now. Woo! Brother Mason, please come. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Uh, someone say, hmm. Oh, yeah. This is why I believe with great purpose. This is why I believe with great purpose that Jesus spoke through his apostle Peter in 1 Peter 4.12 and said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has come upon you. Read He was speaking the third day. He was speaking our day. Because we, 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 we make the association. Fire was something negative. Fire was something that's good. Fire, oh, negativity, bad, 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 bad. He said, don't think it's strange. Don't think it's strange. You're not living on the opposite side of the tracks. You're living in, you're living in harmony. You're living in, in alignment with heaven. Don't you interpret the fire how the world interprets the fire. You're being born again in the water spirit. You need to reinterpret things. Used to, you might call that circumstance, man, that's bad. Whenever you get to be a child of God, and you change families, you need not think it's strange. That's all God is saying. They wouldn't be here if they couldn't handle it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be here if they couldn't abide it. I wouldn't turn up the heat if they could Mike Brentrout, I don't know what you all made of. I don't know what you all made of. But it seems like the dial's been played with. It's gotten hot, it's gotten cool, gotten mediocre, and then it's got to place you almost couldn't stand it. Do you know what? You still here. You, 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 you still here. Oh, we still got some L's and aches and pains, but you still here. 
Brother Fred, they wouldn't be here. Huh? Huh? Some of y'all got bad families. You got bad. Got, some of these young people got bad parental controls in their life. They're just amazed to even be at church. For some of them being here. I wonder sometimes why in the hell in the world? What in the world's all this junk in my life? I just like a little ease every once in a while. But Caitlin, God may have made you go. That's the way he formed you. That's the way he cast on you. And if the heat heats up, just know this, that he made the fire applicable to the metal. strange someone say it's not strange and I wish we could get to a place just you know coming to each other with that whenever your neighbor starts telling you I tell you what it's been bad this and this happened just look at him and say it's not been strange tell them, there's nothing strange about this start gathering in around these altars you kneel you saying you do whatever you want but there's vessels of honor that's coming up in this place here vessels of honor coming up in this place lead gold brass silver all different types coming up in this place God's forged you he's created you he's formed you he's cast you in a mold this is, not, this is not right now. Maybe what you're going through not about creation time. It might be refining time, but if you're there. If all you're experiencing is water, you weren't made for the fire. But if you're experiencing the fire, you were made for it. And I'm not trying to minimize either one of these. They, Jill and Israel had their time through the water. They went to the Jordan River to come into the promised land where they came the second time. Right? Bible says that the Jordan was overflowing its banks. The swelling of Jordan was happening right at that time. Of all times to pass over Jordan. Of all times to get from where you are to your promise is whenever the intensity of what you got to pass over is greater than it ever has been. God says, I made you for this. You're going through. Look at your neighbor. And tell them I'm made for this. I tell you what, if I had me a ladder, I'd climb to the peak of this cathedral here tonight. Would you just grab your neighbor's hand right now if it's appropriate? Because we're going to begin to pray right here. I don't know whose hand you're grabbing and who it may be that are in the crucible, if you will, of intense heat. And all they feel is it going up degree by degree by degree. But I wish you would pray with them and for yourself in this measure tonight to understand that this is no strange thing that's come upon me. God knows what he made me of. 
God knows how valuable I am. God knows what he has purposed in my life. And what's around me right now is not here to destroy me. What's around me right now is not here to inflict all type of fear in my life, to cut my tail between my legs and leave. But what's happening is God is defining who I am. That's gold. That's silver. That's copper. That's brass. That's precious. They can't abide the fire because in their past I forged them in the fire thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter with the username FACMC again that's FACMC thank you and have a blessed day